0: Now, my guest this morning has performed at Carnegie Hall and his album has reached number one on the American Billboard charts. Yet many Irish people may not have heard of him. Well, let's change that. But first, here's a clip of him in action. And the world will be better for this That one man
1: scorn and covered with scars Still strove with his last ounce of courage
0: stop you in your tracks, won't it? Good morning, Emmett Cahill. Good morning, Brendan. How Good to you? see you. How are you? I'm great. This is my little trick now. Before I meet guests, I go on Instagram and uh, follow them. Right. So I found out everything about you all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah, so because I know nothing about you. <laughs> well, let's change that this let's morning. Let's change Thanks for that this me. morning. Yeah. So uh, many well-known Irish singers and musicians become household names at home mm. before international success. You've chosen another way. I've kind of done things
1: in reverse, yeah. Um, I ended up going to the States back in 2011 with a show called Celtic Thunder, which I'm sure many people have heard of. And um, we've performed all over the States, Canada, Australia, bringing Irish music to people all over the world, both Irish and just music lovers in general. And um, that was kind of the start for me. Yeah, I did one year in college,
0: got the opportunity to tour and I mean, I wasn't going to turn that down, so. So is, is music in your background, did you always want to be a singer? Was that always there for you? Um,
1: I mean, I didn't necessarily always dream of being a singer. It was always part of daily life. My my dad is a piano teacher okay. and a church organist. My mom was a singer in church. So we were brought up both with classical music and sacred music. And of course, Irish as well. Oh, yeah. Um, was a huge part of our just daily life. It was like music was the same as school, football, all the other things that were going on in life. So I never sort of maybe dreamed of being on stages and touring a kind of like all great things in life. It kind of happened almost by accident and, and one thing led to the next. You're, you know?
0: you're being modest as well because you're very, very, <laughs> very talented. And uh, I actually, sidebar, I, I stumbled across your rendition of Holy, um, the, the, you sang a Christmas song As Gaelge". With a, a girl on your Instagram was a holy night? A, oh a um, Silent Night. Silent Night, yes. Oh I, it's just gorgeous. Anyway, <laughs> he, 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 Emmett Cal tenor is he's on his Instagram, you love it. But okay, so you said you did one year in college and then you dropped out. Yeah. And yet you, you headed off to America. How did you end up in America? So I got into a show called yes, Club, yeah, as I yeah, mentioned. Yeah.
1: So I ended up. Did you going get that there. here or there? I auditioned here. Ah, the, the, I see. They had done a couple of tours in the States and um they were looking for a tenor to join the show. I Got it, the audition totally last minute, um, got accepted and then had a decision to make. Was it going to stay in college or was it going to go? And I think opportunities like that don't often come around. So I said I'd go for it and here I am 12 years later. 12 know? years uh, yeah, yeah. that's
0: funny when you say it like that. So we have a clip of you singing Bring Him Home. Let's have a listen to this.
1: That's That's a throwback, Ben. I haven't Tell heard that why. recording in a long time. I think I'm like 20 there. Really? Yeah, because when I auditioned for Celtic Thunder, I think it was probably that song that got me into the show. To be honest, like the first audition I did went terribly. Like <laughs> you know, the way when I, you're go going on. to an audition, I was like, okay, try something else. We sing something else, etc. And I think when I sang that, then they saw something in me, and um, so yeah, that's that's a real throwback for me right there. That. That song—it's kind of been—it's been a huge part of my life. The very first time I was I was on stage was in a production of Les Mis really? in Mullingar back in two thousand four. So that song has kind of followed me my whole life, and I still perform it to this day. You know? Do you love it? I love it, yeah. And you know, I love musical theater. Um, I think this the music has so much depth to it, so much yeah. humanity to it, and the song like Bring Him Home, as I said, has has followed me my whole life, and and people love it. I mean. It's been you good know, to you. It was made famous <laughs> by an Irish man by Colin Wilkinson, of course. Yeah. So, um yeah. It's been good to you. What do you have a favourite song you like singing? Uh I the Irish song's probably obviously speak to me more in that, you know, I've grown up with the music and when I tour in America, you know, they resonate so much in the States, you know, so songs like The Parting Glass, Danny Boy, these songs, are, you know, there's, uh, it's interesting being in America, like there's 40 million people with Irish ancestry and the songs, they know them almost better than we do and they connect them more because I think it gives them that real sense of identity and, you know, they think of maybe their parents or their grandparents or, you know, even further back who emigrated. I think it connects them uh, to their lineage and to their history. So like music is an amazing way of doing that. Actually it um it sometimes expresses uh, what words can't and you know a lot of the Irish songs have that humanity, have that backstory to them that we can all connect with. So that's been my experience of it. And we were
0: actually talking about that the, the cabin crew wrote a great little this woman who works on an airline wrote a great piece about your her accent and how people perceive it when she's abroad. Yeah. And are you're right, there's something Something elevates your pride in home when you're mm. abroad, doesn't it? Do you find that yeah you're you're i mean for me because in many ways, I carry
1: so much of Ireland with me, and that through the music, right, so I'm telling the stories and particularly what in America you know. It's a country of people from all over the world. And I think when you point that out to people, you know, singing songs about emigration, like there's a song I sing that was written by Brennan Graham called Isle of Hope, Isle of Tears. and tells the story of Annie Moore who came to Ellis Island and was, was the first Irish immigrant to pass through. And her journey from getting on a, on a, on a boat in Cove and Cork, getting to New York and starting her life was the story of millions of Americans. And I think when you take a song and point out to people that it's actually their story. Like it goes beyond the sort of the superficial level of, oh, that's a lovely song. Or, I, you know, we think about what music does for us, right? It can put us in good moods, mellow moods, whatever w- we want. You can go on your phone, you can pick a song, go to a gig with your friends. But for me, music goes way beyond that. And I think sometimes when you point an audience in that direction, um, I-, I think they're surprised as to the impact it can have. And particularly for me, I suppose I sing... Songs that maybe were written many years ago, you know, and creating nostalgia is also a very powerful thing. I've, I've observed as well from from singing some of these older songs, but the Irish songs and you know older classic sort of golden age of Hollywood songs as well. When I do the Broadway stuff, uh, I think you really see the impact on audiences, and it's it's very satisfying from my point of view to see it instantaneously. You know, when you're up on stage and like I I've observed like a song like Danny Boy, for example. I'll be up there singing it and you're sitting there and you're smiling up at me and the person beside you is the tears run down their face. Now, you're at the same gig, (laughs) but you're having completely different experiences. So it's the music. The music is the conduit between ourselves and our memories or experiences. And it can bring that out and almost catch people off guard. I think in a weird
0: way, people kind of enjoy that, whether that's a smile or a cry. It's very powerful. I, I think when when you touch someone's heart with the song and they can listen to it back and back again, mm. they become your fan because you've you've emotionally connected with them, even though yeah. they've never met you. So you've you've a big fan base in America. Yeah, it's <laughs> been they?
1: it's been an interesting journey. And one of the most interesting things for me has been actually what I've kind of experienced off stage from talking to people after concerts. Like, you know, people come along, they enjoy the show, whether they have Irish ancestry, but as I mentioned, what the song does for them, like people will come up and say, you know, my mother used to sing that song to me. You know, I lost her many years ago. You brought her back to me tonight. Or I had a, a an elderly couple recently come up to me after a concert and I sang Moon River, oh. you know, that beautiful Golden Age song. And they said, you know, that was the that was the song for our first dance at our wedding. Oh, and we were immediately brought back to that moment. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a. It's a very interesting thing, like that music. If if you frame it in the right way for for audiences, say when you're teeing up a song, and make them realize there's more to this, they they kind of take a little bit of ownership on it then, and they're very interested. They follow every
0: word. Yeah, and you you have I like as I said I, I I had a good dive onto your uh, Instagram, and it, <laughs> the comparison I'll make, and this is is a weird one, but you mm. like I think you will like it. Uh, it's beautifully effortless for you when you sing but there's a real connection there. And the only other artist I would say I've seen do that live was Beyonce. Right. It just flows out of her. It just yeah. comes out of her. And I was watching you saying, I was like, that is so, like, obviously there's a lot of work and prep going into it, mm. but you're just such a, it's so natural to you, isn't it? Well, I think people, Is it the connection with the song though that I'm, I'm wondering now while you explain?
1: It is the connection with the song. Like for me, I'll never include a song in a show that I don't feel like I have a personal connection to either. Like if it's an Irish song, that's a very natural fit, right? Because I grew up in Ireland. It's a huge part of who you are, who I am. But beyond that, I think you the most important thing for a singer or for an artist is honesty and integrity. And you need to believe every word because if I'm up there singing and I don't believe every word, how are you supposed to believe me, right? Wow. Like people can spot an actor a mile away. Yeah. So there has to be a genuineness there. and And again, when you then, as I said, frame that to an audience, give them something to think about. They're with you for every word and and that can, you know, you have the experiences of one person is smiling, one person is crying. But people are then they realise that you're you're honest, you're the real deal and they'll follow you. Like I've had people that have been following me from the very start of my career and they come back every year. They bring, you know, like and for years they may have brought parents or loved ones and then even when they maybe have passed on, they come back for them. Like I had that situation recently where someone had just lost this lady and her her sister had had tickets for my show and the sister had passed literally a couple of weeks previous and she came to the concert and she came up to me and she said, I needed this tonight. So like when I'm up on stage, okay, I'm doing my thing, but with music, like you've no idea the impact it can have in the room. Now you can't get up it can't be contrived. You can't get up and say, I'm going to make you feel happy or sad or whatever. I think you have to put put it out there. And then people actually, whilst they're all at the same concert, they're all having their own personal experience. So I, I think that's what's sort of magic about music. It goes way beyond, oh, I like that song or that was a great night out. There's something... Much more powerful there, and I think if if people when they go to a concert, you know, nowadays, mm-hmm. if you can sort of ignore the phone, you know, get you know, plug out for a while and just sit and be present, I think they will actually get a lot more out of it if they if they allow themselves to do it. You know,
0: do you feel? How do you feel when somebody tells you a story like that? My my sister's passed away, and I needed yeah. this tonight. What? How do you feel? Um, I. In a
1: strange way, I suppose it's it's a compliment in that you really made them feel something. And people often ask me about, you know, do you feel pressure, you know, when you get up Mm -hmm. on stage, you know, you have to entertain them tonight. And I don't so much feel pressure as when I hear stories like that, I do kind of feel a responsibility because, as I said, you know, you have an audience there and... They've all walked into the door that evening with completely different experiences. When they all leave, they'll go back to their lives again. So for that, let's say hour and a half, they're there with you. And if you can give them, if you can take them on a journey, and by the end of it, they feel that they've really felt and experienced something, both happy and sad. Like I always joke and say, you know, people ask me, What do you what do you want what do you want an audience to get from your concert? And mm. I say, if I can make you smile, I can make you cry, I've done my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a strange thing. Yeah. But it is about, like, it's not so much just about the music and the words, it's about the human stories behind it. And if you can find something personal in it, and if I can bring that across, then it's very powerful. Now, a lot of the music I sing is is older music, right? Both the older Irish stuff that really resonates in America, but... You know, nostalgia is a very powerful thing, and I think as people progress through life, like I'm 32, but I've even found that in the last couple of years, you know, nostalgia. Very wise music, head on your shoulders, though. <laughs> you really do. I don't know if if my mother and Mullingar would agree with that, <laughs> but um, but we do crave that, yeah, um, because I I think it grounds us, and as I said, nowadays we're so, I think overstimulated between social media and phones and screens and everyone wants your attention and there seems to always be an agenda but i think music doesn't have an agenda because i mean the way i see it is you put it out there and whatever way you want to feel about the song that's personal to you mm-hmm. so it can be a very powerful thing and i think there's no problem in speaking about that to audiences mm-hmm. you put them there and they're going to have this experience and and and, and, and as i said I think that's why people maybe have come back to see me again and again because they kind of say to me, the same guy that's sitting in front of you now is the same guy up on the stage. I think you have to be genuine about it. And all the great artists that people have m- admired over the years from the Beyonce's to the Frank Sinatra's to the Julie Garland's going right back. We love them because they were real. Yeah. We believed every word they sang. Yeah. Um, so for me that's the most important thing about being an artist.
0: So you sitting in front of me is this very wise humble <laughs> Mullingar boy, but really you've been number 1 billboard charts in America and sold out tours all over all over the states. Like yeah. it, what's that what's your life like in America? It's been an incredible
1: journey, like it's not something I ever. The way I said that.
0: What's like like in America? How, how are you getting
1: on in America? <laughs> Do we have
0: Coca-Cola? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's it's been an amazing experience. Mm. You know, I've I've sung in forty nine states. Wow. Um, you know, I've been to the states or to Canada and Australia, and you know, I, I think. I've I've kind of grown up on the road. Like at first when I was twenty, When well, like I had done one year in college, like I was only a young fella God, really going low, out really. You? Yeah. You know. And so I've kind of feel like I've I've grown up and learned so much <laughs> out there. Like my education has kind of been in the public eye. Like it's been out there on stage. Things go right, things go wrong, and you learn from that. But it's been the people I've met and, and the stories I've heard. Like they, I'm still talking about them today because they've had an impact on me
0: and they they make me. I get a sense you feel quite privileged by those stories. Yeah, I do. Ha- to be- have them. Because
1: yeah. like it's so rare, like that, like these people come up to me after concerts and they've never met me before, we'll say. And they're willing to share this stuff with me. And and I often think that's when I go back to it's it's something about the music that like, um. I think it was Hans Christian Andersen said, where where words fail, music speaks. Mm. And, you know, people are willing to share stuff like that. It's a very rare thing. I don't know if there's any other, I think art in general puts us into that kind of um, mind frame of, you know, maybe being more open and more expressive. And uh, yeah, as I said, you know, I think you're right. I think privilege is the right word and um, I'm always open to listening to people's stories and there's something I can then take from
0: it, you see, as well and bring it into the next performance. You mentioned that uh, somebody sitting in front of you could be singing Danny Boy and somebody's smiling and somebody's crying. Yeah. My brother's name is Daniel right. <laughs> and that song can get me when I'm away yeah. as well. Let's have a little clip of you singing Danny Boy. I literally have I've got goosebumps Uh, where was that that was actually
1: very recently it was about a month ago out in Salt Lake City in Utah with um, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir who were probably one of the world's most famous choirs there was about 400 of them there we sang at Temple Square um now that was their Sunday morning music and spoken word. There was about twenty thousand people there. <laughs> and they they invited me to come and sing with them and said, We want you to sing an Irish song. I said, I ha- I have a few in my pocket. <laughs> but and that was actually an original arrangement of of Danny Boy that they let me put together. And yeah, I mean doing that, like having grown up in Ireland, like being thousands of miles from home and singing an Irish song, you know, on that scale. Yeah. Like definitely like that was definitely one of those kind of pinch me moments. Yeah, because it was, it it connects you to home straight away. Like I never feel too far from home because I'm singing these Irish songs and and people just, even if they're not Irish, they just gravitate towards it. There's something very inclusive about it because all the stories are so relatable. They're human stories that people from any background can relate to. And um, as I said, it goes way beyond just the music and the words. Like, it is personal. You spoke about, you know, your your brother yeah. Danny. You yeah. hear the song, <laughs> immediately. It's not the song. It's you and your relationship with him, and your yeah. your family and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing.
0: Do you, do you ever get moved to tears on stage? I've been caught off guard a couple of times. Have you? Yeah, I
1: have. Yeah, oh. and uh, you know, <laughs> tears all the As, down as your an cheeks. Irish person, you're going to half embarrassed, but also <laughs> half, you know. But I think when you go on stage, you have to just let the, I suppose let it all out there. It's like that the emotions wave yeah, over you. Yeah. yeah, because then it's it's real. Like a song I think it was when I sing the part and glass, I, I think of a of a friend, you know, that that I lost years ago and, and, and immediately then like I'm that person. <laughs> I'm the <that laughs> suddenly Moved. whilst I still have to sing the song. But but people still come up to me and say, Do you remember the night you know you you wow. you did come to tears yourself and <laughs> people the reason they talk about it because it's so real you yeah. know so interesting I, How was Carnegie Hall when did that happen I mean That was back in 2018 Paddy's Day 2018 Um I got the chance to do a concert at Carnegie Hall with the orchestra and Wow Yeah that was uh, that was then also one of those just moments I I um I never imagined what happened, but in a in a really strange way, like people ask, were well, you nervous about it? And I, I, it's probably the least nervous I've ever been really? for a gig in my life. And I That's think the amazing. reason. I love that because yeah. you're just
0: so excited to be there.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I think there was so many small steps along the way that and other musicians, even like athletes talk about this. When they get to the big game, the big moment, they've had all the little steps along the way. So they're not nervous. They know who they are, they know what they have to do. So actually, if you can go out and enjoy it, you know, it's just so much more satisfying. Like, I, I, I've i been more nervous about gigs in Mullingar than I was for Carnegie Hall. <laughs> yeah, because you Honest can see the whites of
0: their eyes and you know
1: them. Yeah, yeah well, there's that as well. Yeah. There's that as well. But yeah, no, that was a wonderful moment. And my folks came out from Ireland um, and my brother and sister actually as well. So, ah. I, you know, they'd be singing these Irish songs in New York. In you know, Carnegie Hall and, Carnegie and your family Hall, there. All that.
0: Yeah, that's great. There's loads of texts coming in about you. Uh, yeah, you're, you're now, you've established yourself in Ireland now. Well done. Hi Brendan, can you ask your man where he learned to sing? Thanks, Shay. Uh, at home with at home. my dad and
1: my mom. So you, there uh, was music from your dad? Yeah, dad had us playing piano um, since I was about three or four years of age. My mom often tells me, like she has photos of home of us sitting on the piano stool and like the little legs would be swinging. <laughs> you know, we yeah. wouldn't be able to touch the floor, but dad would be t- teaching us how to play the piano. So... It was always music in the house and um, still
0: is to this day. So lots more texts in. Have, uh, what a wonderful interview, Brendan. Uh, such a humble and incredibly wise guy. Phil in Rathfarnham. Thanks, Phil. And then there's two I'm going to, I'm going to read two back to back because then you can answer the question. Brendan, what a lovely interview with Emma. What a gorgeous person. What an amazing voice. Uh, where can we hear him singing in Ireland? You can answer that in one second from uh, Trassa in Dublin. And then, hi, Brendan. I'm from Mullingar and I've seen Emmett perform a few times. He's wonderful. His penis is also fabulous too. Best of luck, Emmett, for his performance in the cathedral tonight. Maria, yes. so tell me more. So,
1: being from Mullingar, um, if people, any Irish music fans out there will know the and Heron is happening in Mullingar this year. Listen, if you woke up on Monday morning in Ireland, everybody knows Flachyol out Heron is in Mullingar yes, this year. Exactly. So, um, I'm on tonight in Mullingar Cathedral and actually, um, I, I believe we have... Um, former President Mary McAleese coming down to the concert, wow. which will be a great honour. How exciting. And, um, so great for the flat to be back to Mullingar. And moreover then, on September 6th, I'm in the National Concert Hall um, for the sounds of Rodgers and Hammerstein. So with, with the RT Concert Orchestra, uh, Niall Kinsler conducting, we have the incredible Celine Byrne, course our opera star and Anna, Anna Jane Murphy who has been a star in the West End for years and you know any fans of golden age of Hollywood of you know old Broadway music from The Sound of Music, Oklahoma, South Pacific, Carousel you know songs like You'll Never Walk Alone this is this is a night for you guys so very uh, excited. And have you have you performed in the, in the National Concert Hall before? Now this will make you laugh. It's my for, it's my first time singing at the National Concert Hall in Dublin. And
0: congratulations. So I, I, had to wait, I had to wait years for my Dublin It's a crack America first. <laughs> and then come home. That's how we roll in Ireland. So And people can find out all the information they need to know about that at, at the National Concert Hall's website I presume. Yes. nch.ie and It's also up there on my website as well. And just so. to say the date again just so we don't leave anybody behind. September 6th. So. 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 Plenty of time to get tickets plenty time. very quick. Lovely message here. What a wonderful talent and a genuinely down to earth young man. I second that. Every success in the future, and I look forward to seeing him in the concert. Emmett, Fantastic, that's absolutely wonderful to talk to you. Uh, many, many, I can't wait to meet you again. You're a very wise and interesting young man, and I've really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. And My best pleasure. To Have, enjoy the fly. Thanks a million. We will do.